Hey everyone, Phil Miller here and welcome back to the ICS Staff Podcast. Woohoo! We're back and you thought you could get rid of me that easily, but no. This is a new episode for the ICS Staff Podcast, an in-house podcast for all staff members across the school and it is a pleasure to be back. Thank you to all of you for tuning in and I hopefully will be keeping this going more consistently and keeping it going for this academic year. It's only taken me 10, 11 weeks to get this first episode out and yes, I am trying to think of reasons as to why that is but probably just needed that long to get my stuff together. Um, So really on the back of that, I'd like to say thank you to people who have mentioned the podcast to me or asked if if it's coming back and which was really touching and yes that was always my plan as I said it's probably just me getting it kick-started again and now I think we will get into a flow of keeping it regular and basically we got seven episodes in last year this is the first one for 21-22 and really if you're new to the podcast as a first listener or a new staff member listening to this podcast for the first time, just go back a step actually. It's, it's strange how at the height of the pandemic that was kind of where this ICS staff podcast came from. It was a time where as a staff we couldn't meet up at all really in any kind of small group situation and really it was difficult because we couldn't meet up we didn't have our learning cafes that was another reason for the podcast those learning cafes where we could meet up and share professional development best practice and so that was something that really this podcast could be a platform for sharing pedagogical professional development also linked to health and well-being there's some episodes that we have really focused on that for us as a group of staff members So that was really right in the middle of the pandemic and it continued, which was wonderful. And I suppose things have changed and opened up. We're getting somewhat close to normal, you could say, whatever that may mean, Um, which was maybe another reason whether I felt it was the the need was there. So um, so, so thank you to, to those of you that did mention the podcast and say, is it coming back or not, or if they enjoyed it. So that was really touching. Thank you so much. So I really hope you enjoy this first episode back. This episode with Mary Bishop really was an absolute pleasure. It was so invigorating, interesting. It's really about her journey across the different grade levels in primary and what she's learned from that. And thinking outside of just the realms of those expectations of stages of development and what should be happening at certain grade levels. And we really dig into and go deep into really those key elements that are perhaps more universal as a teacher in supporting students progressing through the grade levels and that it's not so much about the expectations of, well, this grade level should be doing this or this. It's what can we put in place to help that student flourish. And so I loved it. It was wonderful really to have that conversation with Mary. I hope you enjoy it as well. And it really is for all staff members across the school. And we talk about that in terms of the stages development and how that progresses from early years right up to graduation. So here it is. Thank you to Mary once again. I hope to have you as listeners on the next episode. I hope you enjoy. And here's my conversation with Mary. Thanks. See you soon. (laughs) 
Okay, welcome everybody and welcome back to the ICS podcast. Feels like it's been a while and basically for this first episode back, I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming Mary Bishop to the podcast. Welcome, Mary. Oh, thanks, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And so basically um, for this episode, I'm going to be uh, mentioning the topic in just a few moments. But first, Mary, how are things going? How how has your year gone so far? We're in November now. It's crazy to think that we're in November, Phil. Um, it's flown by. I have moved back down to grade one this year, which is where I was teaching when I first joined ICS, along with you all those years ago. Feels like yesterday. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm readjusting to being back with the younger students in our program after having some time in third grade and fifth grade. And it's been quite rewarding to come back to that sort of early development side of the learning journey. That's amazing. And, and, and that's a great kind of segue into, yeah, the topic of today's podcast, which is talking about your experience and talking about that developmental, I suppose, stage, you could say, or those stages through primary. And we'll try and also touch upon, you know, maybe discussing together that kind of impact as they go beyond grade five and up through the, the, the rest of school, which obviously we know has a, a huge impact. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, as always... You're a new guest. Returning guests don't actually have the pleasure so much, but as a new guest, we do have a quick round of a game. Oh, I love to, a game. To, 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 uh, just to help, you know, I suppose, help us get to know you a little bit as <laughs> bit well. An icebreaker for, those, for those new to A little bit of an icebreaker, <laughs> I suppose. And basically, we're going to have a round of the five-second game. <laughs> Brilliant. One of my favorites. Yep. Okay. And so you've probably played this game before. All of you people listening um, obviously know this game. We've had it once before, I think, on a, a previous episode. So the five-second game, I basically start with name three things. Mm -hmm. Finish that sentence. You've got f maximum five seconds to get those three answers out. So, of course, on a podcast, and we're not videoing it, I'll just uh, give my hand signal of five seconds, put you under pressure, and you've got basically pick out first things that come to your head. Okay. Okay. I'll give a shot. Bring it on. Give it a shot. I yep. hope you're ready. Okay, so in the five-second game, um, yeah, I've probably got about 10 maybe, and it's going to be three things. Okay. Okay, so I hope you're ready. Okay. Okay, let's play the five-second game. So, first of all, let's go. Name three things you like to do home alone. Gardening, cooking, reading. Oh, good. Name three apps you should delete. <laughs> um, YouTube for sure probably should delete Facebook maybe even Instagram Oh, good good choices three things you do before going to bed uh, brush my teeth um, have a little stretch on the mat and oh put my clothes oh, out oh just about day. in time oh okay <laughs> <laughs> three things you love about teaching oh the kids hilarious just wonderful um, and the kids again and the kids I don't know that's one but <laughs> we'll go with that um, three things you love about Switzerland Oh, the mountains, the lakes, and the cheese. Three things you argue with your spouse about. Oh, um, who's paying the taxes, who's contacting our property manager, and who's taking the car for a service. <laughs> okay, that was maybe longer than five seconds, but I want to hear, <laughs> I want to hear all three. Um, three things you regret doing in the past. Oh, gosh. Do I have any regrets, Phil? There were some bad clothing choices along the way. 
Boop. Out of time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Clothing choices. Uh, I'm going to trawl Facebook for some of those, maybe. Um, unless you delete it. Uh, so, three things you love about summer. Oh, swimming, for sure. Sunshine and summer food. Fruits. Fantastic. Three things you need to do less. Worry. Um, think Concerned about what people think of me and eating chocolate. Three things you need to do more. <laughs> eating chocolate. Running. <laughs> <laughs> eating things other than chocolate and believing in myself. Three things you've done at 3 a.m. Oh, gosh. It's been, um, it's been a long time since I've done anything other than <laughs> sleeping at 3 a.m. Sometimes I'm thinking about what needs to happen the next day, but rarely I used to do a lot of partying at 3 a.m. Okay, mainly party. <laughs> okay. Uh, last one. Three things you would take with you if you were stranded on a desert island. Oh, um... A device to listen to a really great podcast like yours, something to read and a game to play. And ooh, okay. Excellent. (laughs) Thanks for the for the feedback there. That was high pressure. (laughs) Um very interesting. Yeah, I I would definitely say, yeah. Um one thing I need to do less is eat chocolate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wonderful. Thank you for that. Oh, that was fun. I feel that warmed up. I enjoyed that. Ready to go. <laughs> we might have to change the topic of our discussion now. Yeah, actually, uh, we after, could go back, we could go back over those answers. <laughs> There's a few things that we um, could, um, could go into. Different. Hopefully, your spouse is not going to hear this. Um, <laughs> we'll try and keep it separate from, uh, <laughs> from your spouse. Um, so, yeah, so thank you for being a good sport. Thank you for that. Um, and that's a, that's a lovely way at, uh, to start the podcast. So... Let's get cracking with the topic for today. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you is if you could start by actually, let's go all the way back. All the way back. Let's go all the way back to maybe when you first came to ICS and give a quick overview of kind of the process, where you started, where you went to, da-da-da-da, and where you are now in terms of different grade levels. Yeah, sure, Phil. So this year marks my 12th academic year at ICS, which is kind of a bit shocking when you think about it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I was coming on an adventure like most of us and I started in a grade one classroom, grade one generalist in the primary school. And I worked in grade one, I taught in grade one for three years, had a really great time. And then I moved up to grade five. I was really keen to get some experience beyond um, lower primary Mm -hmm. and I was really motivated by being part of the PYP exhibition. Obviously we know that all PYP teachers are a huge part of the exhibition because we're developing the students every step of the way to reach that culminative goal. However, I wanted to sort of be part of that process of really showcasing the full PYP learner. And so that was a sort of a big motivator to make, make the huge jump from first grade to fifth grade. And I then enjoyed four years teaching grade five. And I had the really unique experience of having a class that I had taught in first grade that I then was able to teach again in fifth grade. Wow. Um, They are the current grade 12 cohort. And so it's been, it was really nice for me. And there was one... Obviously, obviously children move around when they're in different grades and some come and some go. And in grade five at the time, we had four class entry. So it was a situation that I only had one particular child who I'd actually taught in that first grade class, my first first grade class. 
and it was really great to be able to have that experience of seeing mm. where they'd gotten to in, in the time in between. Um, so four years in grade five really was incredibly rewarding and that time as well provided me with an opportunity that was quite unique that I was able to work with quite a few teachers in the secondary that um, often doesn't happen for those of us in primary. So there were certain projects that I was able to work with um, through the metacognition projects that the school were working on at the time and it was mm -hmm. great to work with people like Amanda Watercotty who's now unfortunately moved on to a new adventure, um, Bobby and also some work with Alex Black as well. And so it was really great to be able to start to see what comes beyond and start to really think about um, that nice smooth progression between primary and middle school. And then I moved to grade three. <laughs> so I thought I'd jump, make, jump, make another change. Jump down then, yeah. Jumped yeah. down into grade three and had four years in grade three. And that was a really great experience as well, just to sort of see that sort of mid-range and sort of start to fill in some of the gaps and to really mm -hmm. understand how, how the students are really getting from A to B, so to speak. Um, really lucky to have worked as well with awesome people on each of those teams. Every year that I've taught in this school, I have had somebody else on my teaching team, someone different. And so that has also been something that I've been very fortunate to experience in by moving around, I can work alongside different people and learn from them. And everyone has such a wealth of expertise and knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's really beneficial to be able to jump around and see what I can learn from somebody else. And So basically, yeah. you've been around the block. I've been around the block. Maybe a few times. Uh, <laughs> back into first grade, so I've come full circle and I'm right back where it all started. And it's quite interesting to think about what's changed in education since then. So yeah. I've been out of first grade for eight years now. And so a lot has changed, but a lot, is, a lot of fundamentals are still the same. And when I think about the learner profile at the core of what we do here that hasn't changed and and i feel like it's even stronger now than it was all of those years ago yeah yeah no it's yeah. amazing no thank you for that and it's, it's it's amazing i think it's fascinating actually your experience and 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 seeing that you know within one school as well not going from school to school yeah. but or different different jobs in different areas but to have that kind of experience in one school i think is is quite special i think what's good actually doing this podcast episode with you is that we have a, a secondary and a primary teacher because i'm like oh yeah you know it's amazing how you're 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 you know within those stages completely you know 100 percent. you know i suppose for secondary teachers most of us will teach three grades in secondary or most of us probably more actually you know I, I teach all secondary grades at the moment apart from grade seven yeah. um and I suppose, yeah, I, I, it's great talking to you because I think, yeah, it, it is, it just comes with the territory and it's just a, a, a different environment where you're having to adapt between different grade levels and remembering and thinking about the parameters and expectations and how they change. So you come hopefully in tune with that. Um, but it's fascinating to hear your experience about, you know, because I, I find that there are elements that cross over across secondary, but in that in those early years and up to grade five, you know, the stages or the jump is maybe bigger, you would say. Yeah, it can be. And even within each grade level, the the changes that you see are very different. So um, 
for example, in grade one at the start of the year, you will have some students who are not yet reading. And then by now, November, there are students that were not reading at the start of the year and some of them are now really reading. And that's incredibly rewarding to Mm. see that rate of progress. Whereas in third grade, you are still seeing progress, obviously. However, it was much more um, sort of, how would I say, sort of finely, it was sort of more like finely tuning an instrument than necessarily building, putting the pieces of the instrument together or assembling your instrument. So you're seeing much sort of, you're still seeing progress, but it looks much more different depending on the age and and the developmental stage that the child is in. Amazing. Yeah. And and so before I I kind of ask you more about, you know, that those stages of development and your experience, how how has it been so far in grade one? <laughs> going going back to grade one, how has your year been so far in what have maybe been some challenges of getting back into the groove? What have been any surprises for you that you've had just this year? They're a really interesting um, cohort of students. They're a known cohort of students. Um, very unique sort of set of learning needs. And so um, in terms of a challenge for me, it, I have had to really learn about different executive functioning needs of younger students that perhaps weren't as much on my radar when I taught first grade the first time around. Um, but then some things that are still the same, they all need to be known and they all need to be heard and valued and accepted for who they are. And so that understanding of building strong community and everyone's place in that community um, has been so important. And I find myself often wondering whether that is more necessary because these children were so young when they went through the pandemic and learning at home. Mm. And such, we know that the work that's done in our kindergarten within those earlier years of schooling is so important in terms of identity and helping children know who they are and where they fit in a community, in a, in a learning community is so essential to setting them up in terms of navigating others in their learning experience the older that they get. And I, I do find myself wondering if we are sort of seeing the ramifications that some of our students have had having been out of, out of school in that unfortunate situation that we couldn't c- control of the pandemic but it's just a theory that i have <laughs> yeah well i, th- I think uh, i think that's very valid though i think you know just thinking about it i mean i personally feel like we're seeing ramifications across the school mm, across those sure. generations 100 yeah. yeah. percent. you know but i i kind of get the feeling that even from grade six up you know they they remember how things were before the pandemic yes. and so they almost have that return memory you know, it's they they remember how things can be, yeah, and how to how to, you know I suppose social elements around connections and yep. friendships and relationships they can think back and and recall that and think okay well yeah this is kind of how we do it you know yep. and as things start to open up but I suppose at that age level even at grade one there I suppose we take it for granted that we we've always for us you know we've just accepted that yeah we just learnt as we went along and yeah. we never had any any interruption in that process yes. but these these students developmentally have now had a huge disruption yes. of naturally developing those connections and yeah. and social boundaries i guess as yes. well yeah absolutely so how has that 
potentially played into before you were yeah. a grade one teacher to now. To now, yeah, much more, much um, more significant focus on how to be at school and how to be a learner and all of those learning behaviours, those the, the ATL really, the approaches to learning, um, mastering those. Well, first of all, even knowing what that, knowing what it is to be a learner, and having that modelled and understanding why that's important to then even think about being able to apply those approaches to learning to be able to be ready to learn. It's yeah. like that's quite a big a big piece sort of when we have that in place. I'm a firm believer that when, when students are in a situation where they can feel successful and competent as a learner that everything else will fly. But unless we get that right for them... We're, you know, we're just sort of like climbing, <laughs> climbing uphill, yeah. like just just fighting a fighting a battle. So it's really rethinking what conditions do we need to have right, and how do we need to set the scene first, and then all of the teaching can come later. Yeah, just changing priorities. So do you think that's been the major piece that has been different from before definitely, to now? Definitely, definitely a big piece for yeah. sure. And and anything else along with that that you think, oh, actually, you know, this is maybe how I've developed as a teacher or how the students are now, you know, because we do see changes in education mm. over the years as well. Yeah, I think it's that adaptability piece. And, you know, when I move, <laughs> I remember when I moved the first time from first grade to fifth grade and I was obviously very excited about the change and the professional development that making a change like that just automatically brings, right? Because you just have to learn how to do things differently because obviously the learning is different. And I remember thinking, well, I know what I can do well and I know what my strengths are and I have strengths in literacy and I'm confident with that. And it really struck me actually that there were still children in grade five that needed support with literacy. And so what I was doing in first grade as a literacy teacher, obviously different texts and things to make them age appropriate for older students. But the skills that I had as a teacher were still necessary there. And it really showed me that actually the children, it's about, for them, it's about adaptability as they go along. Like it really doesn't, I'm going to say something possibly controversial, Phil. Does it really, does it really matter whether or not we're teaching to exactly spell this word exactly correctly or that I know this number fact within one second of being quizzed on it or is it that I have the skills that I can adapt my thinking to work out how to spell new complex vocabulary as I move throughout my schooling mm -hmm. or how to solve a problem in a variety of ways as I encompass more and more complex mathematical problems as I grow and develop. So I think it's really taught me about adaptability as a thinker and growth mindset for students being way more important than any skill or any sort of specific... Especially um, so a specific measure. Yeah, a specific measure of... of um, success, guess, or success or learning. Yeah, a criteria. Yeah, of yeah, criteria. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's important to, I suppose, yeah, we can always look to and, and I suppose look at in a critical way, you know, expectations or, or, or developmental goals. But yeah, I think it's it's really interesting to, to hear that that as your as you, in your experience you've moved between different grade levels, it's it's that element of okay, well what ingredients do we need in place? Yeah. 
to help these students. Yeah. Kind Are of we flourish. fostering adaptivity or adaptability, I should say? Are we fostering growth mindsets? Are we developing students who can question and wonder? Yeah. And who can take time to sort of think and reflect? And surely if we can be supporting those elements of the learner's development, then everything, hopefully, that they encompass in life, in middle school, in, in their diploma, and then beyond on whatever journey they choose to take, if they can be adaptable, if they can be reflective, if they can ask good questions, if they can maintain a growth mindset, then I really believe that that will help to carry them forward. And so, and and as you say, you in your opinion, your your belief and experience really, it's not it's not just in your opinion. It's it's from that experience that you know that that's what is needed to take them through and be successful through secondary, yeah. even into the diploma and and, and beyond. Yeah, I would say when I look at a student in first grade and I think, wow, the, the day will come that they're in 12th grade. And I have, you know, have, there are students now who are in 12th grade that I saw in first grade. That's amazing. And to, to think that, that, oh, are they adaptable? Can they believe in themselves and have that confidence to grow and develop and be flexible as individuals? If, if they have all of that, then I'm really excited for them and really proud of them. Because then that way, whatever they encompass on their, their next chapter, they're ready to meet it. Whether it be smooth, bumpy, very steep, yeah. <laughs> sharp drop oh, off the edge. So to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so, what, yeah, what you're leaning towards is, is, is not so much just, you know, the criteria, rubric, yeah. expectations yeah. per se, which yeah. obviously have their place and yeah. can be important. Yeah, definitely. But it's, it's those softer skill elements around the edges that, yeah. Do you think that's the biggest thing you've taken with you across the grade levels? Definitely, definitely. I, I remember a particular student that I worked with in grade five who didn't necessarily fit the norm, so to speak, um, and had all sorts of learning needs and things that would make the school experience a little bit more challenging than it would, say, for you and I. And this child, when they completed their PY exhibition, it looked incredibly different to their peers in how the, in how the um, learning process and the inquiry was presented. So it physically looked different. But this child spoke about their learning in such an in-depth way and was really able to articulate moments of growth and development and it just really made me think yep that is it that's the measure of success when a child can stand there and really explain for themselves how they've grown as a learner it doesn't matter that the report doesn't look like everybody else's report or that they don't have the same type of um, level of information or the, the same number of references but they have really learned something and something that's powerful to them and they can explain that. And that just really made me think, wow, I'm super proud of you and the work that you have done to get yourself here. And I think that really changed for me how I think about all of the students. Yeah, I, th I think it comes back to one thing you mentioned earlier, which is about growth mindset as well, yeah, for sure. which is a big thing, I think, across all grade levels. Mm -hmm 
you know, I think secondary, once it gets a bit more intense and we get closer towards the IB, we start looking at numbers or we start looking at, you know, grades or report cards and this and that. But I suppose it, it's almost taking a step back and thinking, okay, how can we turn this into a learning tool? Yeah. You know, we're, we, at the moment, as it stands, you know, there's lots of debate, lots of opinion, obviously, about educational systems and what the future looks like. Yes. And you, we can debate it for hours, <laughs> for, for, for weeks, <laughs> you know, but it's not changing tomorrow. No. So I suppose it's it's being, as you say, using those keywords, being adaptable as a teacher, yeah. trying to develop and foster that growth mindset element in our students to enable them to be able to handle those situations, whether yep. it be in primary, yep. whether it's the exhibition or at a younger age just navigating their learning process, yep. or in secondary when they're receiving grades or receiving yes. assignments and coping mechanisms. And um, yeah, it's, re it's really in interesting to hear that, you know, how, how crucial that is. And yeah. I suppose how you've stepped back from just what the expectations are in different grade levels saying oh, i'm in grade five so these are the expectations it's actually very much more universal yeah. across all those grade levels across primary even across secondary yeah. of of what we need to do to prepare them as a learner yeah and i think it's um yeah you're right phil it is universal and i find myself thinking as well like by talking to you and um makes me reflect back even more which is great um but i'm finding myself thinking too about working as a coach and i i support um matt and tiffany and pete with the middle school high school cross-country team and um you know everyone that knows me knows that i can't run like i used to <laughs> for sure really there is no way i can run i like will I pass used you starting off on your runs you look very <laughs> sprightly i suppose that's at the beginning but <laughs> um so, but for me, um, being involved in that team isn't about winning races. Obviously, you know, it's nice when the team competes well. But for me, it is about if there is a student who is joining this team and who perhaps doesn't see themselves as a runner and I can run alongside them or just behind them and help them to just slowly start to see that they can do something if that child finds themselves in their 20s, mid-20s, in a situation in life perhaps where they're stressed, overwhelmed or things just aren't going right, if running is something that they go back to as something that they can do, then I'm really happy with that. Because mm -hmm. again, it's this idea of, you know, I, don't, I really don't care if a student win, wins a race or not, even if they place. But if their mindset around health and activity changes a little bit from their time on that team, to me, that is a huge win and a massive achievement. And I guess it's the same with the academic learner. If yeah. their mindset in terms of who they are and how they believe in themselves as a learner has changed during their time working with me, then I'm really happy and, and proud of that work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and and you're right. It's universal. And I think, I guess, I, I even had conversations like that last week with some of my students. You know, not not saying they got really low grades, but let's, for example, just a completely random example. You know, receiving a two on a on a formative assessment, or whatever, or going from a two to a four, and so yeah. well, that's a massive jump. Big you know, of progress. It's it's yeah. a it's a big win in terms of progress, yeah. and 
it is about that growth mindset yeah. and yeah. it really is and it's nice to kind of reflect on that because yeah i don't know i mean may- maybe i'm the only one that feels that way but you know sometimes we can get bogged down in okay well yeah. okay wh- what is the progression element mm. are they are they meeting those particular expectations that i have but if we're just seeing that improvement and that yeah. growth mindset i think that's probably yeah yeah. Just and such know, a crucial knowing thing. them as an, an individual too, like obviously, you know, every student is unique and there are some that will need a bit of more of a firmer nudge to get going with things, but how one targets that and approaches that. So, so, so understanding or trying one's best to understand maybe where is the reluctance coming from or where is... Yeah. Um, where is the the difficulty or the talkback coming from and then being able to sort of really focus on ways around that and sort of the problem not really being with uh, with um, the student but with us not necessarily knowing what they might need in order to be successful yeah yeah no it's, that's yeah it's great it's great to kind of chat about it and so if if I think about this part of the podcast in terms of that's what you've maybe taken from your experience as a teacher mm. and your students in terms of crossing across the grades, that it's not so developmental. It's yeah. actually just those elements of the learner themselves, those yeah. ATL skills. Yeah. That's the crucial development you've made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing then just to change the direction a little bit for maybe the second part of this podcast is, and I, I, I suppose... I don't know whether it comes from my sport background or being a PE teacher, you're working in teams. Yes. How has that had an impact? Because, you know, that's that's different. That's a almost, you know, we always have some turnover yep. across the school. You know, departments do evolve or have new members, et cetera, et cetera. Some departments stay pretty steady, but you've jumped between mm. grade levels. And yep. so how has that had an impact on you as a teacher as well? huge impact i think i have not been on a single pd that could replicate the professional development that i've had working with different people um yeah in in when i was in first first grade the first time around for three years we never once had the same team for those three years it was a different teaching team every single year everyone with very different skill sets very different backgrounds and you're constantly working together to provide a cohesive program across the grade level and so you're adapting you're being immersed in other people's points of view you're you're really having to be open to a different style of teaching than perhaps your own and then moving to a different grade level again it's building a new set of relationships and then in when I did teach in fifth grade across the course of four years again the team changed <laughs> every single yeah. year wow. there was somebody that was that was coming or going and again very different skill sets especially in fifth grade because we did have at that time we did have some teachers that were, were secondary cha- trained teachers who were working in the primary so would be in grade five at the time and so that brought quite a specific sort of subject um specific sort of approach of expertise um, and so that was quite a unique experience as well when I first moved into grade five to be like oh I'm a generalist primary school teacher and there were some people who were um, like a secondary maths teacher working as a grade five classroom teacher and so that's then a different opportunity to sort of really stretch your own understanding of a subject area um, 
but also, as with everything, can bring different challenges with different ways of thinking. Um, and then, yeah, moving into grade three and I, had, I, I was lucky in grade three, I had two and two. So two years of the one team and two years of the one team. Mm. So there w- it was less disruptive. And again, um, my time in grade three and uh, three different educators, again, all very unique experiences. And I learned something from each of them, for sure. Something, ab- things about myself as a leader, but things as well about my practice that I could enhance and improve on. Also, things about how to live in Switzerland and how to be a great Swiss person by, <laughs> by working <laughs> with more Swiss people on my teams. Mm-hmm. So every t- And then coming into grade one again, new team, much smaller team, which has been a really unique experience for me too because when I first joined in grade one, we had four classes, and so big team, grade five, four classes for the most part. We did drop down to three, but big team, grade three, three classes, and now there's just two of us in grade one and so that's that and we have um a learning support rep and an eal rep who are also working in other grades but are involved with our grade so that again is a different experience to work with um one colleague and you start to get to know that person really quite closely yeah yeah i bet (laughs) you do yeah yeah yeah. and i'm learning so much from from working with her this year and it's very different because it is just the two of us and so we are i mean i can only speak for myself but i would say we're quite quite dependent on each other yeah because we've really you know you've got to divide and conquer the load of a grade between the two of you and um yeah you learn just learning so much again different person different background she's had a very different experience in her career than i have and so much that i'm able to add to years of experience by being able to draw on her expertise as well so yeah i would say it's really great pd to move grades and to work with different people and to because you know you can go on all of the all of the workshops or you can you know do the masters or do all of these things and done them all but i would say i've learned the most by working deliberately working with different people yeah i think i think absolutely Mm -hmm. i think that that is, I suppose, yeah, I'm really lucky that, yeah, I have an amazing department and, you know, and I definitely feel, you know, I would also possibly, uh, well, actually not possibly, I would say that I am, I'm, I feel blessed by the yeah. colleagues that yeah. we have yeah. at the school and I suppose that could be one thing to promote, yes. even if it's just this podcast, yeah. you know, just yeah. saying it, just promoting it, how beneficial and rewarding it can be just to mix it up a bit yep. and i suppose in secondary it's a bit more complicated because we have our own departments but even if we now able to you know get around the table more yeah and share more and cross over more yeah that we have so many rewards from that exactly. you know and, and i suppose in, in phe yeah I'd, we haven't had a lot of movement in our team but we we gel so well and I suppose it comes back to, yeah, if, if you can gel that well, but push each other and, and yeah. have that cohesion, yeah. then I think, yeah, I mean, in a natural element, you know, as humans, we are social beings. Yes, yeah. And we completely, 100% work better when we're collaborating. For sure. Collective efficacy yeah. benefits our students, right? We all know that. Yeah. That by working together, different people bringing in different ideas towards a common goal for the students we are significantly enhancing their experience 
at school as well. And so, yeah, it can be a bit scary sort of taking that step and being like, you know what, I think I might request a change. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I have found every change to be incredibly rewarding in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely t- taking that jump. And I suppose that's not so easy in secondary yes, if we're thinking about this podcast yeah, if it yeah. goes across to school. But yeah. I think it's it's how can we carve out opportunities for departments to work together, together. Yeah. And, and work across different elements. You know, I mean, obviously an easy example is my subject of PHE and science. You know, yes. we, we look at exercise and, and systems of the body and, and the effects that exercise has, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and we, we teach some of that separately. You know, but if I were to collaborate yeah. more with the science department, which is mm. definitely a goal for me, um, to see how they do it and see yeah. if there's anything, even if it's just resources, the style in which they deliver it, different yeah. activities that they do, and it's it's just, it's all it's only going to benefit. Exactly, you know. it provides a more cohesive program yeah. for everybody. And I, I suppose for primary, if you're considering putting in a request for a change of grade, there's only going to be a benefit it probably yeah. could be very scary i yeah, can understand definitely that scary and yeah. even if it's just one thing it c- yeah. you know but there's always going to be a benefit yeah. um i have a question for you actually phil so i know that in the secondary school you guys have moved having like a grade level sort of like um coordination and yeah those sorts of things so do you feel that putting in sort of more of a grade level focus in the secondary school is helping as well to bring people together in a different way so like people who are working so you, you for example have your your department p department but you're also involved in specific grades do you think moving to that sort of like grade level sort of focus do you think that's helping more sort so of collaboration or s- more co- co- connection i guess amongst teachers yeah, so it's, it's I, I mean, first and foremost, I don't know if you know the rules of this podcast, Mary, but <laughs> you, 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 you know, okay, I thought we established <laughs> this way before we started recording, but you know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit thrown off by the fact that questions come my way. Um, however, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate the question. And are you pertaining more to how that links to cohesiveness across the grade levels that you know, yeah, there, there can I'm be an element I guess of. I'm just more. Cu- I'm just more curious because obviously I'm less familiar. Because you have grade level. Yeah, we have leaders level. We in primary work as well. Very closely in our grade levels, and um, we have some departments, obviously, because not everyone is a generalist teacher in primary. Um, but typically, we work in grade levels, and I was just curious if that sort of focus on on grade levels that I think came in a few years ago. Yeah. Whether whether you find that it brings more connection opportunity beyond just departments. So obviously in departments you've kind of got like I would say a vertical yeah. kind of connection, right? Just yeah. having a grade level focus bring a little bit of a horizontal to connect to other teachers who are working with say say the grade nines. Yeah. Even yeah. if they might not be in PE, for example. Yeah, definitely. No, I think I think it's a really good question, and I think my answer to that is is really that again, there's there's been huge benefits to to having the grade level leaders, and yes, I suppose the role of grade level is very much horizontal. Yeah. And ve- going deep into getting to know the grade. Yeah. Um, and I think it it will undoubtedly develop and improve yeah. naturally. Yeah. But there is room for more improvement um, in terms of that vertical alignment, which yeah. is improvement. It, it's weird. This is the second year we've had grade level leaders. And I, 
I'm trying to think like how how did how did it work how, how did it work before like you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. for for someone like Rob who's dean of students and yeah. pastoral care you know yeah. that's a key yeah. focus of the of the strategy behind yeah. the grade level yeah. leaders and so and I'm like wow and and so probably more than ever before we actually do have more vertical alignment because we we meet as a pastoral leadership team yeah so, so all the grade level leaders you're connecting that way out as well so you're part of that additional team and not just your PE team. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think there is more connection across departments and it's amazing. I think all the grade level leaders then are in the melting pot across subjects as well because I'm now finding out way more about different subjects in a positive way, not like, yeah. oh, what's going on? But it's yeah. it's more like, wow, okay, so this is what they're s- either studying at the moment or, or th- this is the kind of the the process and and the the pathways that they're going through whether it be subject choices from grade 8 into grade 9 or grade 9 into grade 10 you know even just students choosing their journey and linking with the other grade level leaders has been really beneficial so for your development as a professional it sounds like it is really broadening your understanding of again coming back to the unique child and their whole experience beyond just their time yeah. with you in a PE class. 100%, 100%. And of course, part of the role of grade level leader is thinking about the, the personal development program, the, the pastoral care, and, and that, I wouldn't say extracurricular, but the PDP program yeah, yeah. That, that looks different units like sex ed or drugs yeah, or whatever, yeah. and, and, and everything that is combined within that. But definitely, we are looking at the child in terms of that element of their development, definitely, mm. because we're now linking up and aligning our programs for the personal yeah. development of each child. Yeah. And thinking how that is the scope and sequence, how that connects across not only just the PDP program as a separate program, but across their subjects. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So thank you for that question. No, and, and I'm intrigued to know, probably as the last question to, to kind of wrap up <laughs> our conversation is, how that translates into primary as well, whether whether it's mirrored in that way with your own kind of grade level leaders in primary? Well, I think actually, well, yes, definitely. I mean, we already work as grade levels anyhow. And so having the grade level leaders has just sort of formalised that. But we all always worked well in teams at that grade level point. But I think like really listening to you speak about it, Phil, I found myself thinking back to that bigger concept of like the conversation of seeing these children grow and develop as they go through the school. And it made me think the more connections we can make as professionals with other professionals in the school and the more that we can know and understand what everybody is doing, who every, what everyone can bring to the table, how we can all grow, foster and develop these unique individuals to become the best global citizens they can be. I think it's, yeah, it's all about that broad, everyone in, all contributing, what everyone is doing is so important and equally valid and to be valued for the benefit of the child's journey absolutely no no but i I think no i i I think that's that's a great way and actually i think a perfect point to to end end on on. as well because that is a key thing (laughs) yeah well that as well (laughs) you know we'll we'll skim over that but yes no thank you so much and i thought 
for me, yeah, a, a, a great and fascinating conversation that covered so many important points. So thanks so much for coming oh, on. It's very nice to talk to you, Phil. It was an absolute Always pleasure. To chat with you. And um, maybe at some point in the future, we'll have you on again. We shall maybe. see. That would be amazing. We'll so um, yeah. thank you to everyone for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it as well. And uh, we'll see you again on the next episode. Bye. Bye for now. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.